1: Hey, are you seeking a lucrative side hustle? Alpha Beta Report is your golden ticket. They've cracked the code on turning humble accounts into towering assets. Get educated, get empowered, and let your money work wonders. Dive in and learn more at alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. And thank you to the Alpha Beta Report for your continued support of the Ohio Press Network. And uh, I'm going to bring him in. And I'm just going to say, the, and then play this, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about.
0: dig it? That
1: can only mean one thing. Friend of the show, my buddy, Bob France. Welcome in. How are you, brother? Jack Windsor,
2: good to talk to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. I'm great, thank you.
1: Merry Christmas to you. So, hey, I'll start here. I asked this question earlier to callers (laughs) and to one of my guests. Did you ever not get something as a kid that you wanted for Christmas? And if so, what was it? Or what do you want in 2024 politically or policy wise that you're really hoping for for Christmas?
2: Um, you know, it's I don't know if I can probably answer that on a family friendly radio show, <laughs> uh, because some of the things that I want might not be in great taste, to be honest with you, uh, Speaking specifically of your point about politically, um, there are some things that I would like to have happen that might not be very well received. Uh, Let's just say this. I will pray on Christmas Day for the same thing I will pray the other 364 days, and that is for the saving and the rescuing of this country, which is in a very, very dangerous place and on the precipice of becoming unsavable. What just happened in Colorado is evident of that um, and so I will I will take that on Christmas and every day if we can find a way to save our, our our Republican gift to our children that which was gifted to us.
1: Amen to that. And, you know, if it doesn't work, Bob, you can just identify as a, a Democrat and you can say whatever you want. You can, you can commit insurrection <laughs> you and get, get a pass. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that, because I just got off the phone with Mark Weaver a little bit ago, and he's a former deputy attorney general. And I'm stunned by this Colorado case for a couple of reasons. One, there was no due process. A lower court essentially said that Trump was guilty of insurrection. There was no trial. And then the Supreme Court – but they didn't, they didn't take him off the ballot. The Supreme Court said, we agree with that. He is guilty, but we're going to take him off the ballot. No trial, no witnesses, no opportunity for Donald Trump to face his accusers, um, and no definition of insurrection. How do you make sense of this, Bob?
2: Well, you can't. There, there is no sense to be made of this. I mean, you know, you, you kind of laid it out, and I laid it out in great depth on my program, and I even laid it out by, by the words of Donald Trump. You know, if you look at what the Colorado Supreme Court declared when they said that he was guilty of an insurrection – uh, they talked about his speech at the Ellipse. They talked about the fact that he said to his supporters that if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And clearly that means go and and punch cops in the face, go and fight and and, and, and and beat up senators and beat up other people and take control of the government, which is what an insurrection would be. Uh, and of course, that has been undone and debunked and rebuked for three straight years now. Because all you're going to do is play one of the six-hour-long montage uh, uh, clips of a montage of Democrats saying what people always say: is we're going to fight, we're going to fight, and we're going to win. You know, fighting is metaphor. It's not necessarily about football fighting. Uh, no, no, no football coach who has ever told his team in a pregame speech, no, "Let's get out there and fight like hell and win." that he wants them to rip the helmets off of the opponents and bloody their faces. That's not what fighting means. Fighting means get out there and and work very, very hard to protect and and, and save our country. Uh, I played on my show multiple times his remarks. We're going to go down there and cheer on our brave senators, brave men and women, not all of them, but the ones who are brave that are actually going to uh, stand up for the for the rule of law and call for an audit so that we can deal with the irregularities in the election. But he said, "Cheer for them." And then he said, "Of course, the you know very well known we're going to patri- peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard." Anybody who thinks that sounds like an insurrection um, is a lunatic. They're an escaped mental patient. Those are not. Those are not. Words of somebody who wants to see a physical takeover of the government, which is what an insurrection is. If if a person is to raise armies against the American government, I could see that being an insurrection because that's why it was written. The third section, the Fourteenth Amendment, that third section was written when it was in the Civil War era to stop those who fought for the Confederacy from holding federal office, because they did lead an insurrection against the government trying to overthrow uh, and, uh, and, of course, ended up seceding, and there was a war over it. So Donald Trump, um, if, if there were a trial, Jack, and this is why there has been no trial, all Donald Trump's defense attorney would have to do is, in the opening statement, play the speech from the ellipse and then say, we rest. And then he would be summarily acquitted of any charges, and it would be over. That's why there wasn't a trial. That's why there wasn't a trial and then a conviction and then an appeal and then another appeal and then another appeal before it got to the Supreme Court of the state of Colorado. There was no original trial, no appellate trial, and therefore no way, shape, or form the Supreme Court of Colorado should be able to say, we find you guilty. No due process, no trial, no defense, no evidence, nothing. We just find you guilty based on what, Jack? What do you think they used to to make their pronouncement that he is an insurrectionist and thus uh, ineligible for the the ballot by way of the 14th Amendment? What did they use if there was no trial?
1: I'll tell you what I believe they used, and I have not – I haven't had a chance to fully dive into all of the facts of the case, so to speak as I should, but I would guess they probably used articles from the Associated Press, articles from the New York Times, the Washington Post, um, you know, exactly. the progressive and, 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 and purveyors and M- of propaganda. And
2: MSNBC, they used yep. the media. So in other words, they, they had a trial by in the court of public opinion, but not the general public, Jack, just the left-wing public that's in the media that, that, that presented everything that happened, and they literally use it. They don't even use the word alleged. Anymore, Um, when they talk about the insurrection, they 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 recite it in the media as if it were fact. You know Donald Trump, who uh, you know gave a speech before the insurrection of January sixth. They make that statement as if it's a, uh, you know, as if these are facts already in evidence that there was an insurrection. So it's not even a court of public opinion. It's a court of very, very narrow left-wing public opinion, because if you held this in the court of public opinion, which, of course, is stupid as well. You you have to have it in a criminal courtroom. But if you were to hold it, you would look and you would see a public that is overwhelmingly supportive of Donald Trump as the Republican nominee and overwhelmingly defeating Joe Biden in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup. Uh, uh, for For president, so you know even the jurors in the Court of public opinion aren 't being considered here it 's only those on the left that hate Donald Trump that the Supreme Court used to 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 come up with their ridiculous assault on democracy, ostensibly they say in an effort to protect democracy
1: so it 's been over two years ago now, and uh, you had then Congressman Anthony Gonzalez on your radio show, and he voted to impeach uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, and uh, you went down the list. You showed Kamala Harris. You showed Bernie Sanders. You showed Elizabeth Warren. You showed Nancy Pelosi. Not showed you. You allowed listeners to hear them using mm-hmm. words that would, according to their standard, rise to an incitement. And then you said, "But you know what? Bradensburg versus Ohio. The Supreme Court is pretty clear on what incitement is. So they, you know, they got rid of that pretty quickly. And now they want to talk about insurrection." Um Bob, here's my problem with all of this. Until we call everything what it is, I feel like we're urinating into the wind. I don't even know if I can say that on on air. But it's just, first of all, when Congress goes back to work three hours later, is that an insurrection? Was anyone captured? Were they armed? Did they overthrow the government? Did they try to install it? I mean, it is insane. Oh, and by the way. No one really wants to acknowledge that when you look at the 40,000 hours of video finally released from Capitol Police, that it looks more like a a, a guided tour of the Capitol uh, with some of some of these folks. And then they don't want to talk about the, the breaching of the constitutional right of people who were arrested. They weren't given a speedy trial. They weren't able to face their accuser. They weren't. Um, put on trial in front of a jury of peers. They were put on trial in front of a jury that 97 percent of the time votes for their political opponent, Joe Biden. Um, how? Uh, OK, we've got a minute here. First of all, can you stick with me for another segment? I have some more questions. Yes. OK, yes. OK, no so problem. how do we fix this? You got about a minute. Well,
2: well, you know, obviously the first thing that has to happen to fix this is the Supreme Court needs to do exactly what most legal scholars, including left-wing and Democrat legal scholars, say is going to happen. And that is they're going to over- overrule this and declare that he is eligible for the ballot uh, in very short order. They should do it nine to nothing. I will not give the leftists on the court that much credit, uh, but, but it will be done by majority. Uh, and it'll be done relatively quickly. Secondly, we need to get to places. I don't know if you saw this less than a day into this. California said, yep, us too. And they cited in a letter from the, uh, the uh, lieutenant governor of California to the secretary of state of California, a letter saying we need to do what Colorado just did. We have to use any means necessary to keep him off the ballot. So, Jack, this is going to grow and it needs to be stopped by the Supreme Court immediately because that will set the precedent saying no other state can do it. That's the short answer in
1: less than a minute. I love it. Perfect. Hey, stay tuned. More with Bob France uh, on the other side of this break. 98.9 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back in, joined by Bob France, and uh, just had some good conversation about the Colorado case and uh, the absolute disaster that is. And I agree, Bob, we've, the Supreme Court needs to override this, and then um, we need to snuff out other places, California, and, and this is going to be a chain reaction. Um, I'll tell you the other thing that I think we need to do is we need to fix the press, uh, and I'll I'll ask you this. Daily Caller released audio of J.D. Vance eviscerating an AP reporter. Did you have a chance to listen to that at all over the past couple of days when he was asked about Donald I did. Trump's uh, – what's your take on that? First of all, did, did Trump mean what Vance said he meant, and what do you think about Vance's undressing of the AP reporter?
2: Well, uh, there's a little column A and a little column B here. <clears throat> I do not think Trump was speaking specifically to fentanyl and the blood being poisoned by people being poisoned by by that. Now, that is a true thing. That is a reality. But I don't think that's what Trump meant. I think Trump meant what it sounded like. He meant that illegal immigration is poisoning American blood, not the literal sense of like pure blood, but Americanism. We are not Americans if we, if we are a globalist nation where we don't have a border and if we don't have the ability to secure it, or at least we don't have the willingness to use the ability we have to secure it. So I think Trump, what he, what it sounded like he meant, but he sure as hell did not mean it to sound like Hitler either. Right. Um, because, it, you know, what J.D. Vance did to that reporter is, I think, what Every elected official that is sick and tired of the mainstream media repurposing their words and changing the intent uh, in order to advance their political agenda. Journalism is straight dead in America. There, there is no more honest journalism, journalism unless it's in the alternate sphere. Places like the Ohio Press network are to be 100% honest. It's not mainstream. Um, but um, but the mainstream media is is, you know, they've killed journalism. And what J.D. did is what everybody should do. Ask them, who are you with again? Because here's what I want you and everybody who reads or watches your particular uh, media uh, publication to know um, and, and to dress them, you know, undress them like that is is exactly the right thing to do. So I think there's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. I don't think he meant specifically fentanyl. That's what J.D. used to make his point. So I'm not 100% on board with that, but I'm 100% on board with what he did and why he did it. Because Donald Trump – and, you know, to be truthful, President Trump needs to be a little more careful with his language too because he knows they're out to get him. Anything that he says wrong or or that can be questioned or interpreted a different way than what he intended, they're going to interpret in the worst possible way and use that to try to strike at him. So he's got to be a little more careful. When you're doing unscripted two-hour rallies all the time and you're just kind of speaking off the cuff, it's like me and radio. I've been doing radio for 25 years now, and I do unscripted commentary, and sometimes it doesn't come out the way I mean it to. And usually I'm not going to be held accountable for that the way Donald Trump is. So it's it's a little unfair, but it is what it is. He needs to know who's looking to to take him out and who's looking to, um you know, misinterpret or intentionally distort what he says. So when he says, you know, American blood, he should probably pause that and say, and what I mean by that is... You know, immigration, we are a nation of immigrants. God bless us all. That's the American blood. That's the American spirit. But those people all followed the law. And those who are breaking the law or exploiting our overly generous, generous asylum rules who are coming here illegally, that is poisoning the spirit of America. And that's what I mean by American blood. And I think that's, that's, that's all that has to happen here is a little more clarity from the president, the former president, and for People like J.D. Vance and other leaders to continue to take apart these uh, media uh, uh, vultures who are going to try to destroy everything that they can.
1: Yeah, I loved that he said (laughs) you're supposed to be speaking truth to power. Instead, you're you're policing public opinion about someone that you favor. And I would even go a step further and say they talk down to the American public. There's this, uh, I don't know, intelligentsia arrogance about the press and they've got it figured out. And if you're not on board with them, then you know they're going to put you in one of these boxes, right? You're alt-right, you're transphobe, you're a white Christian nationalist, and it really is disgusting. And you know the problem, though. Here's what I'll say: when you do speak truth to power, and you're one of the few in the press that do it, do you know what happens? The press turns on you. That's right. A member, a member of the. I mean, I was a member of the State House Press Corps. And those jackals completely turned on me. I mean, we had hit piece after hit piece after hit piece. And you know what? Not one of them came back later and said, hey, he was right. We're sorry. Not once. And they still do it. Um, OK, before I get too fired up, we've got about two minutes here. I'm going to be joined uh, next segment by J.R. Majewski, who's running for Congress in the Ninth District against Marcy Kaptur, who's been here since dinosaurs Um I think that. Did you talk to Derek Marin at all? I know Derek Marin has declared for that race. Craig Riedel is declaring for that race. So it's going to be a crowded primary field. Um, what are your thoughts on JR and what questions would you want to ask him if you were doing this interview?
2: Well, I did that interview on Tuesday.
1: Oh, okay. So I perfect. Did,
2: I, yeah, I did talk to JR, and we are out to Craig Riedel and to Derek uh, Marin, and we'll probably have them on at some point. Maybe not next week because it's the week of Christmas. So maybe the following week. We're going to have to work toward that. But um, I, I, I like Jr. a lot. Um, I like Craig Riedel a lot too. At least what what he has done as a four term uh, you know member of the Ohio State House. I think he's a good solid guy. I like Derek Maron too. He he should be the Speaker of the House of the, uh, uh, in the state of Ohio right now too. So it's one of these situations where I think we're kind of blessed by the spoils of of, of a really talented field but I am really, really upset about the way it's going to turn out. It is already very ugly because of what Riedel said and not being a big fan of Donald Trump and then quickly turning around and uh, endorsing him. He and Majuski are at each other's throats on Twitter. It's ugly. I don't like seeing good conservatives do that. So all I'll say about the race, Jack, is I am sick and tired of losing to Marcy Kaptur. The person I want to win that three-way race the, in the primary is the one that is the best suited to defeat Marcy Kaptur. You JR had that shot at it last week, or excuse me, uh, last year in 2022. And it didn't go well. He lost by 13 points. Is he better off the second time around? I mean, only Ohio voters know that. Craig Riedel's a proven winner in the state of Ohio. Derek Maron, obviously, is a sitting member of the House as well. So uh, I, I don't know who's going to win it. I just don't want it to be ugly, which it already has become. I Hopefully, I hope, hopefully it will get cleaned up a little bit. And, Jack, I'm sick of losing to her. I just want whoever is, is going to be that winner to be able to take her down.
1: All right, 15 seconds. Since you said best suited, Trump has blessed Bernie. Is he the best suited of Frank, Bernie, and Matt? Uh,
2: I think he is. Okay. Yeah, I think he is. In, in in fifteen seconds or less, I I really do. I interviewed Bernie this morning, and uh, and he is in a, a great position. I think he has got the the right temperament for the job. I think he's very well funded. Obviously, a lot of that's self funded, but there are a lot of people who are going to rally to him because of the president because of President Trump's endorsement. And Sherrod Brown should be
1: very worried about that. He is Bob France. Hey, brother, you have a, a blessed Christmas, man. Thanks for being you see, with my us. my
0: friend.
2: God bless you and all our good friends in Columbus.
1: Amen. God bless you. Hey, and God bless you, and thank you for listening more with J.R. Majewski next